0: Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. I believe you're in the right places to sleep with me. The podcast is here to put you to sleep. And we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We're going to do the rest. What, what, is the, what do I mean by the rest? I'm going to distract you from whatever's racing through your brain, racing thoughts, running thoughts, thinking, you know, whatever, whatever's keeping you up at night, whatever is making you stay awake, distracting you from frustrating you. I don't know what to say, but whatever that is, I'm going to distract you from that. All you got to do is listen to my voice and I'm going to slowly carry off into dreamland. I, I don't know if that's the what or the how, but what we, it's, you know, this is a safe place where you don't have to worry about that stuff. The most important thing here is just to relax, have a little bit of fun, give me a little bit of your attention, but not all of it. You're going to be okay. This is—I've been someone that's had trouble sleeping my entire life, and the reason I started this podcast is because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to like lose hope that you're ever going to fall asleep, or like just be like. Oh no, my mind start. If I start this, I'm gonna be up all night. So I'm just instead of doing that, just listen to me. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna tell a story, and uh, you 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 pay attention to that, and all all the other stuff will take care of itself in the morning. We'll deal with that tomorrow. But just listen, relax, stay as calm as you can. All right, that's what that's what we do here. We're on the web www. dot com. You can get a hold of me, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can uh, email me. Oh, wait, that's email, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get me on Twitter at dearest scooter, Facebook, sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can comment on the website. If you're listening to this, if you can do me a huge favor and give us a review or rate us on iTunes, I'd really, really appreciate that. It does a huge help in making this podcast more discoverable. And findable and we're real close to hitting a goal where I'll make a song called Algorithmic and then I'll sing the song and hopefully come up with a dance for it. So that you know, that that's something I don't know if to look forward to. But you know, it was uh what is it? Uh it was not Zeitgeist, the other one, Schadenfreuden Freuden or whatever. I'll be embarrassing myself, so maybe that'll make you feel a little bit better. Or a reward, it might make you be like, "Oh, that was so silly." Him and his, him and his, uh, you know, he just wishes he could be Weird Al, and he can't. I know that Weird Al's a hero of mine. So that's it. I hope I help you fall asleep tonight. Thanks. Thank yous. I got some thank yous on. I thank Chris Posty Posterson who does our music. Scotty, Scotty Bullbody, and Jennifer. Thank you for doing our artwork. Our icons, Damon D, who's on the backup. D- Damon D handles all our show notes. Uh, Lord and Lady, they handle uh, royal royal situations. D handles de roiling uh, failed royal situations. Glittering Researcher handles the research. Uh, so many other people that fund her from down under the silver tone, and so many more. But I got some specific thank yous. Kathy, happy mom. Justin, David, Mora, who has a YouTube series. I'll be uh to uh, talk more about that soon, I hope. Erica Babs, long-time listeners. New listener, Jenny M. Thank you. Jenny M. also has a, uh, something. I'll hopefully, I'll talk about that soon. Macy L., Steph C. That's all my Twitter buddies there. Over on Facebook, we got Adam M., who loves Ray. Corey R, Caitlin Ann, Taryn S. And over on the email, I got emails from Andrea, Elise, Tisha. Thank you so much, Mary. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Our latest iTunes reviews are from Jamie Ad. My new bedtime obsession. Stumbled upon the podcast accidentally and now is hooked. And then uh, Sydney7389. Oh, 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 you ate one too. I don't know. Uh, sleep with me podcast, lulls, loves the podcast, soothing and selling. It made me think of lulls I, earlier today when I read that. I said, okay, lulls, laughing under lethargy, lulling lethargy, sleep. Um, Something like that. L-l-l- I had it. Lulling undertones. Lull. Well, you know, it'll come back to me on another episode, but thank you guys so much. All all of you out there supporting the podcast, I thank you, and let's get on to the show. Hey, everybody, it's me. It is Sunday. I don't even know what the date is right now. I don't know when you're going to be hearing this, or if uh, it's uh, 5.54 p.m. ish. Let's see, 5. Is it January 4th? Is that the date? January 4th, yeah, Sunday, January 4th, almost 6 p.m. Um, I'm still working on repairing the equipment. So by the time you hear this, it's not going to be January 4th. I uh, probably won't have a new episode. Well, it don't matter. By the time you hear this, you'll be hearing me. It'll be a new episode, so it's good to be back. I don't know what happened between January 4th and now. But I have a temporary solution. I want. I don't want to follow behind on uh, recording uh, just because the... Uh, Feeds down, but also I'm not, I, mean, I don't know what's going on. I'm not feeling, uh, I'm, not, I'm not really in the zone either right now, but I'm going to get in the zone, get in the uh, auto zone as uh, an advertisement that's been has stuck in my brain. I don't know why. Um. So I guess what we'll do is we'll do a meditation It's Sunday night, that's what we usually do. So I'm going to hop my phone up right now on Twitter, and uh, we'll get into it. All right? So I'm going to pause it since uh you know all right, well, I'll be right back all right, well, it's time for uh a trending Tuesday's Redditation. and I got uh four pages of reddits uh, top stories saved on my phone here and uh you know, I was thinking of this story that um I, I i heard once and it was a it was a story that i was, like, i'm gonna tell you tonight it's a story of the dog that wanted to dance. And was because I've been thinking about uh, what, what am I going to do about this uh, um, algorithmic thing. Because I'm like, all right, well, I got to figure out a, uh, a dance. And then I was like, man, I don't really know m- much about uh, making up dances. And I, I inferred to uh, uh, about my dance experience in the last uh, Redditation episode, the Redditation Road Trip. And I guess I should, you know, in in all honesty, come clean about dancing because that, unfortunately, sometimes I say stuff in the podcast and it's fictional, and sometimes it's true. And uh, you know, unfortunately, mo- most of what I said about the dance was was uh, was true. I did embarrass. This was a big revelation. I took dance lessons. Me and my brother, Carl, we took tap dance. Boys tap dance, I don't know what age I was, and I don't know what uh my mom you know my mom decided it, it we we would do it, I think maybe not though maybe maybe this is just my you know one of those me- memories that I'm like, oh, you know I'm so tough, I don't know take dancing and, and uh but but there were, or maybe it like uh maybe I want it later like, there probably was part of me that was like, oh if I take tap dance or some sort of dance. That will uh make me famous, and uh you know soon I'll be tapping up a storm tap tap tapping tap dancing, and people finally respect me validate they'll be like "Whoa, did that kid just tap dance like uh frickin Fred Astaire on uh on on you know but a child." Holy uh, Shirley Temple, get the – start the presses because this is news. This kid's a great – so I probably had some ch- childhood fantasy of being the greatest tap dancer ever. And I don't know how many of you, you took dance, w- one. I mean, I'm sure there's like uh, some people, women that took dance, ballet. They had, let's see. My sister also did dance. She was, she, was, she was my brother's twin. And they are two years younger than me, Sheila and Carl. Uh, and uh, they were, uh, uh, she took, I think, probably ballet, tap. Maybe they had jazz, they called it. I don't know what jazz was. And now they have hip-hop, too, which uh, uh, maybe took, I don't know if they still have jazz. Did jazz take over for hip-hop? I don't know. Um I don't know if they have them. You know what other dances, but we had a, uh, we had um, we took tap. I think um, I don't know if there was any boys taking ballet at the time, but it was me and my brother and a couple other boys. Like I said, I don't know how old we were—third grade, second grade, uh, fourteenth grade. Who knows what age we were? But this poor woman that had to teach us dance. Her name was Jane, and I would assume she was about sixty years old, or she could have been thirty. But by the time she taught me tap dance, she was sixty emotionally and physically. Because as I said, uh, I actually did that. I uh, there was a sign in her bathroom. I I think I had like a little bit of a pent up rage, of course, because maybe I didn't want to take dance, or maybe once I got into it, once I like realized it was work, and I wasn't gonna like become the newest, uh, you know, famous kid, uh, like Webster or something, that uh, I was like, man, this is BS, I'm not famous. And this lady wants me to do shuffleball. She says you can't even, you know, uh, I guess this isn't going to be a Reddit. I don't know where we're going with this story, but uh, we're a freaking self-exposure city here. But anyway, so this poor woman, she had to teach us dance, right? And uh, not a not an enviable, enviable position to be in Jane. And she did it in the basement of her house. She had a little dance studio set up there. And she taught a, a pretty uh, wide number of, I don't know how many classes she was pumping out. My Like I said, my sister took a couple classes there. Uh, Amy, a couple, um, my mom's best friend's daughters, I think, took dance there. I don't know, a couple... I'm trying to think who else. Uh, but there was a reasonable amount of people that took dance there. Not not boys, of course, because this was in the uh, 80s when, uh, you know, uh, in a... Uh, you know, I, I don't know, when I guess like homophobia. I don't know if homophobia was homophobia or what. But not, not, there was only one boys class that I knew of. And Jane, she, her her son, she'd always tell us that her son played football and he did dance. So don't be embarrassed or don't get beat up. You know, don't let anybody beat you up because their son was tough. And I think he may have played in high school, maybe in college. Uh, And she said, you know, help to give him moves. And so I never met her son. So now looking back at him, I'm like, did her son exist? And probably, but if he he existed, he probably is out to get me. Because like I said, I I actually, I think the point I was going to make was that uh, at some point, there's like a sign in her bathroom. Don't lock the bathroom door. It was one of those bathroom doors. Again, I don't know what genius came up with this idea of a bathroom door that you can lock, but you can't unlock. But she had one of these bathroom doors. Little girls were always locking themselves in there. And I, I don't know. Maybe this was maybe this was a manufactured crisis. Now I'm thinking about it. Like, cause who has the door? I don't know if there actually is a door that you could lock and not unlock from the outside. But she claimed, you know, if you locked it, it was like a no-locking policy. Which, I mean, I don't know, man. First of all, like, yeah, what? If, this B—I'm calling BS. Like, why? Well, if you, especially if you have kids using it, you—well, I don't know if you, you want to be able to lock it, but you want to have a key to get in there in case there's a kid that falls in the toilet or panics or can't figure out how to unlock the door. But at the same time, if you're a kid, you want some privacy. Uh. Probably, Actually, you don't want kids, but you want a key because you don't want kids having too much privacy because exactly what happened, like I, there was always a sign. So according to her, and actually if memory serves, I don't remember seeing any of the hole on the doorknob, but it was some sort of doorknob, probably the most poorly. And these exist. Everybody has familiarity with these ones designed by some probably some Nazi scientist is what I'm assuming. One of the Nazi plans that was actually enacted to disturb our homeland, but they invented these locks, usually used on interior doors, that one, could be locked but not unlocked from the outside. You could only unlock it if you were locking the door. Two, you could uh, open and close the door and it wouldn't unlock. I don't know if you're with me or not. Prototypically, I don't know if that's a word either, but it would be a button you'd push down. But most of those buttons, when you push the door closed, it would unlock. It would pop back out, and then you'd have to push it again. And then if you wanted to exit, you'd turn the knob, and then the button would pop out. And then on the and then on the other side, they would have some sort of hole where you could either put a paper clip. There would be a little tiny circle. Or a fake keyhole where you could shove pretty much anything. That's what we had at my house growing up. You could lock the door, but you could also easily unlock it with a fork. Or a spoon, a handle, or um, force. sometimes we get it open. Which, I mean, once you have puberty, oh boy, in a house with six kids, um, there's a lot of, I don't know, we're just trying to figure out alternative ways to lock the door. But anyway, because, I mean, at our house with six kids, even if you weren't doing any kind of uh, autoerotic activity, Maybe you just want to do some thinking or have some alone time, or you actually had to, you know, extensive bathroom usage. And then you get somebody barge it, you lock the door. It's not, it, you get like about, be like, what are you doing in there? Hurry up. And then you, somebody would come and unlock it. And you'd be like, man, I'm trying to read, you know, I'm thinking, I'm having a, you know, sit. I'm sitting time. Um, But so that that lock was unlockable from the outside. But this lady, Jane, and everyone else has heard of it. Again, I am guess we're on to something. Probably the Stalinists or the Nazis came up with this lock. They said, okay, now we're going to mess with these Americans. We will have a lock for the bathrooms. Now you can lock it from the inside. Very hard, like so. I don't know. That doesn't sound like any. Well, basically, these super scientists, they said, okay, let's make this a nightmare lock. Uh, maybe it's like a circle of hell, the bathroom lock circle, where well, you could, uh, for some reason, one, yeah, it couldn't be easily unlocked from the outside. Two, you could lock it and then close the door. Like, uh, so you lock it before the door was closed, and then it would still remain locked. And, uh, I guess there's only two, I don't know if I had three points, but so poor Jane, her bathroom, um, I did that one time is like I locked it and then went around, you know, I left the bathroom and then closed the door. So it was locked and no one knew, oh, is somebody in Was somebody, she said, you know, and I think I'm such a terrible person. I think I played dumb. I'm like, hey, is somebody in the bathroom? Um, Jane, somebody's in the bathroom. They're not answering. And then, uh, you know, it became a whole crisis. Now, maybe this was because she was also an older woman, Let's say she was in her 60s. Let's just, like, go with this and pretend it wasn't a manufacturer crisis because now I'm thinking, you know, she made it sound like she had to call the friggin' FBI to get in there and unlock this friggin' door, and that's maybe why I'm harboring so much guilt about what a bad boy I am. Uh, Well, yeah, bad boy, man. Hey, Cersei, you want to load this bad boy? Uh, Tap class, I locked the bathroom and then blamed it on a uh, 4-year-old girl. Oh, boy, I'm bad to the freaking bone. Um, but so, and then she's like, what do you mean? And then she's like, did someone lock the door and close it? It's, there's clearly four signs in there that say do not lock the door ever. And if there's some sort of emergency and you have to lock the door, make sure it's, you know, never close the door and lock it. Um, She, she should have learned this lesson. But, okay, let's say she's an older woman. Let's say she's in her mid-60s. And it's just – and she's been – she's had kids other than me that have been awful. So she's been burned out, multiple nervous breakdowns caused by children just like little Andy. So she – this is another nervous breakdown which I caused because she couldn't get the bathroom door unlocked. There's probably some kid, of course, that that day had some sort of bathroom emergency. So then he he or she wet themselves or pooped themselves or whatever – And, uh, man, the echoes, the butterfly wings of my awfulness. Silvertone's going to turn, he's going to take back that song, uh, Wings of Pointlessness. But anyway, so let's assume she didn't have any patience and wouldn't know to put a credit card in there. Or I'm sure, like, I love break, when I was a kid, I loved breaking into things. I'm sure I could have broken into that bathroom with a, you know, I watched all the movies. I said, oh, well, it's, uh, how, how do the credit, you know, as soon as I saw the credit card breaking thing, I was trying that on every door I could. But then, of course, so this became a huge I- I incident where I probably someone ratted me out or I don't think I ever, I would have never admitted it. I was the kind of kid I stuck to my gun. So if if I did it, you know, I would have lied and, uh, you know, and... This is the podcast, I guess this is what, this is what, uh, this is when my podcast starts shedding listeners. I had my little, uh, audio visual breakdown last time, last week. And now this week I'm like admitting too much, but anyway, ended up, res- the situation resolved. I don't know if they did have to call in like the greatest, most expensive locksmith who said, oh, wait, this freaking flimsy bathroom door, that's not even, like, the size of a normal door, that has a lock that a man with even a moderate amount of muscles could just twist and break off. You know, we had to get him, we had to pay him, he gets $1,000 an hour. You know, he had to get out, like, the uh, laser torch. Yeah. You know, they had to clear the entire block because, you know, the dangers involved in laser torching this uh impenetrable titanium lock that uh, for some reason you chose to use on your bathroom door. After 10 years in a row, kids locking themselves in there. Because even worse would be, not like the awful kid me, I'm locking the door for whatever passive-aggressive vengeance against her. Who knows what sort of disturbed level I'm operating on. But then there's the really scared kid. Usually, I'm sure there's females. I'm more familiar with the boy who locks himself in the bathroom and then panics, um, and then you, if you put, just turn the door, you know, just turn the doorknob and you'll be able to get out. You know, trapped in the bathroom and then those, the sobbing and that kind of thing. I'm sure that happened all the time too. So maybe this isn't my fault. I'm pretty sure there has to be some sort of lock, lock villain. Uh, who man, that's. That's uh, ripe stuff for a future story. Lock villain, the creating these locks that, uh, because why the hell would you get a lock that you can't freaking unlock from the outside, If, if especially if you're dealing, and maybe this is, a, maybe I did some monologue at her, and then maybe even, but this poor woman uh, from from the other side, despite her terrible lock shopping, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it was some sort of township she was in, or they didn't have townships in Syracuse. They had a, uh, I wonder if she was probably in the town of Onondaga or Gettys. I think she was in the town of Gettys, which was uh, barely a, a, a suburb. I'm not sure if it was a suburb, but it was just outside the city limits of Syracuse. But uh, she, she uh, uh, maybe there's some town law like that. The uh, yeah, maybe that was it. That, like some evil city councilman was like, or town councilman was like. Yeah, my brother's got this locks uh he made he ordered all these locks that are the worst ever. let's pass a law that you for bathrooms you have to have one of these locks because they're so inconvenient that uh, oh man I don't know I guess the more I analyze it the less this becomes about me being a terrible kid but anyway it gets worse so hey, what I can I blocked a lot of this dance classing out. Like I said, I remember Shuffle Ball Step, Shuffle Ball Change. I remember Shuffle Ball Off to Buffalo, but I don't know if that's an actual thing or just a saying that was stuck in my head. But that's all I remember from dance. I'm pretty sure I took tap two or three years with my brother. There was like um I think there was another set of brothers in there. There was one kid who was actually a good dancer. And then there was a shorter kid, like a tinier kid. And then there was one other kid. Now my brother Carl, he was a little bit better of a dancer than me because th- this was. Uh, we also did some break dancing. She taught us some break dancing. I wonder if she got down. She must have got down and break dance too. But uh, again, with my dyslexia, even break dancing does not come easy to me. So I remember I was the only kid in the class that couldn't do the windmill, and my mind could just not process how to do it. I remember watching the other guys doing it, and I was like, okay, swing your legs around. you know." But, but I just couldn't do it. We couldn't do the windmill. So just in case, future. Now, you could do the thing where you spin your leg around and you jump over your leg. I was good at that, but not the windmill. So I think that killed one of our numbers. And then, so each year there would be a big dance recital down at the high school, uh, West Hill High School. I didn't attend that high school, but they had a big auditorium. And they would have a show, you know, the, the dance recital show. I don't know what the hell you call it. And this would be Jane's moment. Now, she she loved the boys um, and everyone. There was only I think there was only one guy's class. So I'm sure all the dads were like, thank God my son's not doing this. So they always had a good laugh and looked forward to it because, you know, and then uh, all the moms were like, "Oh, that's so cute. These are the boys that'll be the virgins the longest," and uh, you know we don't have to worry. And 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 it was just the uniqueness of boys being out there. And I think this was some strange time in history where people didn't get over themselves anymore. And I'm like joking about it, but I should get over myself. It's not that big nowadays. It's perfectly smart for boys that are. I mean, if you're into dance, you should freaking dance. Uh, I don't want to act like my self-esteem issues should trump anyone's dance-related dreams, and I mean this was this is a podcast about dancing right now. So, but anyway, so we had the show. Now the show was always a huge hit. The boys and I can remember one year we did a Bruce Springsteen song, "Working for a Living, I think was the thing, and we had um, we were dressed like uh, roadside workers. And we had some dance with shovels and we were shoveling and, uh, you know, I think we had construction helmets on. It kind of gets like a little chippendalesy, I guess. I'm I'm sure we threw off our helmets. Uh, So that's a bit strange, huh? And then another year, I believe we did a Michael Jackson song, Uh, but I don't know which one. I I don't think Thriller because maybe we did do Thriller. And I remember this one kid, he he was the best dancer. He got to do the, he had the white glove or maybe we all had, I mean, I, maybe we think, I think we did all have white gloves and my poor mother, you know, she had all these six kids. So I'm sure we were like, can we get that Michael Jackson leather vest or leather jacket thing? And we weren't able to do that, but I'm sure Jane came up with something. Now, what, I mean, I wonder if this woman's a saint, she should have been, a uh, became a saint. But another thing I did, you know, while we're disclosing horrible things that I've done, dance class related, was that, and this was an, I'm pretty sure this was an accident. I'm not positive, Um, but I'm pretty sure because I was also not in the greatest control of my body, Um, even though that's probably why my mom should be thanking her. She's like, let's let's get this. He, He falls down a lot. Andrew does, so we need to get him, well, why don't you give him some dance classes? He won't fall down as much. Yeah, he's, He has trouble walking Would, and speaking, terrible. Well, you know, speaking, who needs to speak in an English language? You just got to be close. But the walking's more important. Get him a dan- speech therapist or walking. Well, he, he, his speech is off just because he's, it's dramatic, but he'll get he'll grow out of the speech thing. It's the walking. Get him some dance classes. That'll help with his walking confidence, and then he'll just be speaking fine. As soon as, I mean, that'll really make him comfortable in his, his own body, taking dance, and especially from this 1,000-year-old woman who wears makeup. That won't confuse him at all, you know, uh, being exposed to her and, you know, skimpy, dance outfits at all, you know, so um, where was I, I think I blacked out there for about five minutes, Uh, did I say anything strange, Um, but so Jane had gotten this new stereo system, and she was very proud of it, and it's an important thing to have as a dance teacher, you need music, you want it to be at the right volume, I'm sure she was a lover of music, because, she, you know, like I said, she picked Bruce Springsteen. That's good on her. But so at some point I accidentally kicked I think I accidentally kicked it. Now, I could be that bad a person that I kicked it on purpose. But I kicked it with my heel, so I'm pretty sure it was an accident. Um, but she thought it was on purpose, so she could be right. I don't know. And I damaged one of the brand-new speakers, and that was a whole traumatic incident. She went nutso. um you know, right, right wise. It was like one of those ones where all the other people in the class even turned against me and they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I said, what? I I had a spaz attack, you know, I was spinning around kicking my heels. I kicked it with the back of my heel. And I don't know, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I don't know. Like I say, there's like a 40% chance that it on purpose, 60% chance it was an accident, but I wasn't also paying attention to what I was doing. So Oh man, I feel a little bit ashamed, but um, whatever. We you know I'm trying to move forward, Jane. If you're listening out there, um, part of me sorry, and part of me, I guess. Yeah, I feel bad about. it. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, if you're in, yeah, up there with the crone, you know, you you were uh, not. No, no, I guess maybe this make the situation worse. You were a bit of a crone, like the crone from Game of Thrones. But you wore makeup. I I think that's cute. Um, so uh, I apologize if you can hear this uh, cosmically. You don't have. To, you probably can't forgive me because maybe I contributed to you. You know, it definitely probably damaged your lifestyle. The stress of having a boy dealing with a boy like me. But so that's the that's the uh, so those the two instances about dance class that I wanted to air out about. I'm just looking down at the time. We're like 20, 30 minutes into this. So we might as well stay with this dance. I guess we'll do a rotation next time uh, because, you know, there's still – so uh, this poor Jane, she had to, to deal with me at dance. Well, yeah, if you – if you just a heads up, if you like me ruining people's lives, like you find that boring and amusing, you know, there's a whole other thing with piano. A piano teacher, I take piano lessons too. As a matter of fact, if you think about like uh, things uh, for young boys to try, I think they they tried it all with me. And uh, but the thing is, like, so it might sound like I have all this bad blood towards Jane. I feel, or maybe it doesn't. I, don't, I guess because I, I don't. And the story actually pays off. The dance, the dance would 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 have an effect on my future as a, a more immediate future. But as I'm talking about, I'm like, huh, I wonder. One, if I, if I uh, w- would it w- will this help me make up the algorithmic dance uh, thing? Probably not. No, because uh, um, I don't really remember. Like I said, shuffle ball steps, shuffle ball change, heel toe heel, uh, heel toe heel type stuff. But, yeah, so poor Jane, she had to deal with us. We had the two big shows. I remember it was kind of thrilling. I kind of numbed it out a little bit, a little bit. I numbed out, you know, the performances. But I remember it was like an audience and people were cheering. And it was exciting. I never um, avoided those experiences, I guess, after that. It's not like I got into acting, you know, like in school plays or anything. Well, I did, well, maybe I did a little bit. I wasn't in a musical. I wish, I mean, now, clearly, I wish I was in musicals of some sort. Um, that would have been cool, but um, I wasn't. And, again, I just want to say, you know, if you're into dance or dance, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. I mean, you guys know that, though. I'm just here trying to milk this story because it's a little bit boring. My childhood drama can be boring. And, uh I'm trying to think of any other bad things that could have related to dance. But moving forward, so um, the school I went to, my grammar school, uh, St. Anne's, as long as I was there, I don't remember them ever having any dances, like for, uh, you know, boy-girl type dances where you dance with people. But for some reason they decided uh, it was a Catholic school, St. Anne's. Did I say that already? I don't know. Um But uh, they decided when I was in, I think it was in sixth grade. Originally, they had school went from K through eight. Uh, So grade before one, for those of you not in the U.S., to grade eight. So I think you guys say grade eight, grade 12. So we call it grammar school, middle school, and high school. But um, right when I was in sixth grade, they decided, I think it was in sixth grade, maybe it was in fifth grade, they decided to shut down the middle school the next year. So this was like the first, so for some reason, they had a dance for the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade uh, at the end, towards the end of the school year. So maybe I took dance when I was in like third and fourth grade, we'll say, but it was somehow imprinted in my brain. Um, maybe, I don't know. Now, I think I told you guys, uh, maybe I haven't, you know, so much, sometimes I confuse this podcast with therapy sessions I've been to. Or other times I've had to admit stuff. But um, uh, so grammar school was not, uh, you know, I had a lot of trouble with the authority figures that there and, you know, later life, too. So I had a lot of conflicts with teachers. And I was like a very small kid. I was like a late to grow, uh, looked like a, I was underweight, skinny, pale full cut. Uh talked about it. We had I had my, like, suede shoes with uh, Velcro. This isn't to develop any sympathy for me, you know, because I just told you all this evil stuff I did. It, it's not going to counterbalance it. But what was strange about me, and this is like a, I guess, I don't know if this is a paradox, and it's something I've, but, but it, I was, as a kid, uh, especially in grammar school, or I guess even into high school, like, I always was able to make friends. But I also told the line between, um, uh, what is that called, like, an outcast, but I also had, like, good friends that weren't out- outcasts, which was strange. Um, Like, I would say, as far as my grammar school went, I think there was two grades. But I can remember clearly the pecking order of coolness, I would either be Second to last or third to last, and that's not like uh, the poor kid that was last. I mean, geez, I mean, uh, I mean, talk about a much harder road. And he didn't have this strange ability that I don't, I don't think I'm able to understand of like having friends, like uh, close friends. I had always had like a kind of like a best friend or a couple of best friends. So I was so lucky to, either – even though I was a little bit of a social pariah because I was small. And um constantly doing stuff that induced this crazed ire and being weird um I don't know, I guess I was lucky in the sense i still had friends so but but I was also like on that on the outsides, and so when they announced this dance, I remember my friends that I had that were cool that there were like there was two two girls that were new at our school that were in our class that were twins. That were like the bells of the ball. When they got transferred in the school, everybody was in love with them, including myself. And it was like uh, two of my close friends, they were like their girlfriends, the two twins. And it was like, I was like, oh, well, maybe one day one of them is going to love me, fall in love with me. I mean, this is like fifth, sixth, fifth grade. So it's like, come on, buddy, be realistic here. But, I mean, I had no no uh, w- 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 girls even. It's a strange thing I'm trying to understand this sort of pre-pubescent attraction anyway, you know, even as an adult. But even as a kid, I was like, like what do those kids have that I didn't have? or why? You know, I guess it was like a lot of it was like a security and a social non-social pariah type thing. It's like, well, um, and, and I was just always like similar to this podcast. I'm just a different person it's a it's a uh now it's a working great for me i mean it's like sunday night i'm like in the back of my closet here uh trying to stay warm and talking to you guys what i mean no i'm I'm kidding so there was like all this talk about dates like oh everybody's gonna have a date and then all the adults were like there's no dates or the parents were like but but it was clear that everyone was gonna have a date and uh i was like oh man like uh obviously the girl i like has already spoken for and two uh you know even if she wasn't i think she had told me more than once wh- wh- where, you know that i was uh you know not not a, a her dream boat uh so i remember it was like this one day like but it was like no one wanted to be left out just like everything grammar's kids being it's amazing we can make it to be adults here and all, all, all I do, I'm hoping none of this is cathartic. I hope this is all cathartic in a way to help you relax. And I'm not, I hope no one thinks I'm, uh this is not that painful of memories for me. It's more like curious. It's like, man. I, but anyway, so everybody started pairing off and uh me and the kid that was on my level, he was either the going to be the second or third lowest kid in the the social strata of our school. So the like the either the second to least dateable or the third to least dateable we would change those roles around i mean dateable i'm just using that's an adult word but you know what i mean And the hierarchy so i remember he he was like he didn't seem like worried about it he was one of those kids that was like um different in a different way but anyway he was like uh i think he came to me with a plan and i think he had come up with it with this other girl and her best friend they were kind of like similar to us, um, that uh, they were like kind of – and they are both like – now I'm looking back at it, uh, uh, much more attractive than me, I think, uh, these two girls. And I remember they were cool. Now, the one girl, the one that ended up being my date, they are like, well, you could go with her. She was unfortunately – and I'm not saying this would be hurtful. This is just like to put things – but this is the way kids are. She was a girl that had the – she was a wart girl. And I don't know if that was her nickname, but she had a lot of warts on her hands and stuff, which was why she was on my equal level social standing I didn't have warts. I was like a human wart. It was almost like my behavior was wart-like. Like Like me being myself was the equivalent of a a girl having warts on her hand. And I know probably there's a lot of you listening that were the person with the warts. So the good news is like we would have been, you know, you would have been my date for the dance. So she became my date for the dance and it was like a great plan because it really relieved the anxiety. I liked her. Like I had, like I said, I was obsessed with this other girl, but I was like, oh, she's cool. Like we're friends. She sits by me. And the other girl and the, my friend, That was uh, I was friends with this kid too. Um, not like super good friends, but I was like, okay, the four of us, we would have fun together anyway. Not a big deal. I mean, of course, there's some like forlorn uh, dosage in there. Of like, uh, oh, I wish I was going with the girl I liked. Or, you know, I wish I was the cool one. That was like everybody. And the other element was this was going to be a dance with like older kids. So 7th and 8th graders, I think. And I remember there was a couple 8th grade girls that I was like totally in love with. But they were like, I mean, that was like being in love with a college girl or something. You know, I was like, okay, well, at least I can look at her and I get that feeling. So that's cool. So this dance comes, and I don't remember, I don't think we went out to dinner. Maybe we probably didn't go, I don't remember, like, the logistics of it, but if we had to pay for our dates or if we met each other or how it worked. But I do remember dancing with my date, and uh, I think maybe because it was pre-puberty, it was, like, one of the most fun dances I had because it was such, like, a thing. we had never had one in our school before. So it was like you were. It was almost like being in a movie. Uh, it was so. It was in our cafeteria, but there was like a DJ. And I remember even at the time, now that I'm pressed, I'm like, was that a famous DJ playing at our <laughs> our sixth, seventh, and eighth grade dance? Like someone from one of the they, like I think I associated just DJ with it brought somebody in from the radio stations to do this dance. It is so cool, and there's balloons. And music and people were in there. You know, we had uniforms, so everybody's out of their uniforms. And then I didn't have like then. The, I mean, like I said, I have gratitude because I'm like those kids probably didn't have any dates, they didn't have the a friend to come up with a plan. You know, find our social equals and you know be like, let's just go to this dance together and have some fun. But you know, this dance would probably have been something I would have forgotten about because it didn't it didn't have like that big. It wasn't that big a deal. In my mind uh, at the time, like I remember the eighth graders, they kind of stayed like in their own pack and they were like super cool, like too cool for school. Like maybe they were dancing. There was probably some making out going on. And I just remember like looking at them being like, I'll never be like that, you know, that cool, that awesome. And then I remember the seventh grade, the kids that were like a year ahead of us, there were some people like that. We knew each other. So it was kind of like, okay. I remember, like, uh, they were giving away stuff, like, every, like, half hour. They were, like, uh, you know, maybe had a raffle for, like, uh, albums. And they, like, gave away, like, a Michael Jackson album. And I just remember, like, I mean, like I said, I literally felt like, I was like, this is just, like, is this not being filmed? Like, is this, like, stand by me? Like, uh, holy cow, this is just so fun and overwhelmingly cool eating hot dogs, eating popcorn, whatever the hell we were doing. Like, like I don't know how I was able to maybe enjoy it on some level. And uh, so then it was like winding down. And then they were like, okay, everybody on the dance floor, this is our big dance contest. And we just want everybody to dance. And then we're like as couples, and then we're going to, you know, just like a dance contest, we'll touch the couple. And you got to clear out on the dance floor. Or maybe it was just for the best dancer. I don't remember. But I, uh, you know, I remember me and my date were dancing, and uh, some point, freaking Jane tags uh, her thing just kicks into my brain, and like the rhythms of the music take over, and I was like literally lost in the music. I'm just dancing, and not like a spaz, not not this isn't like a Napoleon Dynamite situation. Unfortunately, that'd been cool. Like that would have been cool to be able to be like. I started freaking spinning on my head and doing a whole routine. I mean, that, that happened in high school. I came made a dance in high school. Uh, but that's a whole nother, that wasn't even that good a story. It was just like they called it the Ackerman. Um, and that, that was like one time when I wasn't drunk or high. And everyone's like, man, like, I think I got in trouble. Because like, you're so drunk and high, the teachers. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm totally sober. And they're like, well, no, 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 no one would be acting like this sober. And I was like, no, no, this, I am this right now. I'm making a dance up. But anyway, I was in high school. I came up with a dance. And uh, maybe I'll make that part of the algorithmic dance. But so anyway, I'm just grooving to the music, I guess. Like I was just in the zone. And I'm pretty sure it was a Michael Jackson song because Michael Jackson was big at the time. But there I am, I'm just like, you know going trucking me and me and my date and I remember being very focused on her and and maybe having I was actually having fun and just dancing to the music I wasn't self-conscious which that's weird I mean I don't know what what, it was some sort of perfect storm like I wasn't worried about people making fun of me and maybe that was one of my problems at that age I didn't realize people were making fun of me or whatever, um, or wasn't – what I remember, like, is, like, I was in the zone, and then this kid that would live by me who was kind of like one of those kids you could never fig- – I guess, like, this is for guys that are listening. I mean, I don't know, girls, you might be able to relate, but, like, there's, like, a, a certain male relationship you have, maybe, or maybe this is unique to me because I had more than one of these, where a guy, he, like, bullies you. A lot, but it's really because he wants to be your friend. And he, this neighbor, he was like a year—I think he was a year older than me. He'd beat me up every once in a while, but I think he like secretly wanted to be my friend. And this was one time like we we were dancing. He was making comments about my dancing, and but I was like, I don't care. But I don't think he like—I think like for a second it felt like he was making fun of me, but he was really excited by my dancing. And again, I don't think this was a sexual thing either. I'm not trying to go there. Um but I remember at the time being like, Man, just leave me alone. You know, I'm just I'm in, I'm grooving here, buddy. You know, I'm in the i I'm in the zone with my date. We're dancing here. And uh, you know, I feel like fricking uh Will Wheaton and uh, you know, dancing next to my best friend River Phoenix. May he rest in peace with, you know, two of our dates. But anyway, this guy was like and he kept being like, oh yeah. and he was saying something and I remember there was, like, lights and stuff, so I was I was not aware. And at some point, the awareness comes on me. Like, my date, I think, got taken off, and then I realized I'm the only person on the dance floor. And I'm dancing. Now, this is, like, the, the punchline, I guess I'm coming too early, though, is, like, this was not good dancing. But at a Catholic high school in upstate New York, like, just moving, I mean, literally, I think I was just um, – moving my feet to the beat and maybe, like, doing, like, a shuffle step with each thing or maybe, like, kicking my foot behind me, maybe some country style. But purely being to the rhythm, like, whoever this DJ was, who, of course, I thought was, like, you know, some person from some radio station. It might have been. Who knows? But I think it was a woman. Like, I remember every—like, at some point, I just realized everyone's watching me and clapping to the beat, and the DJ's, like, talking about me over the music. And I'm just, like, going. And then this kid that was obsessed with me, I think his name was Bill, he starts dancing around me or something. And my date, I can still picture the look on her face. She had this, like, uh, smile. Uh, like, one of those, if you get a look from a woman, I mean, now, now I still don't know. But they kind of look like where a woman's, like like, laughing. But in dismay at you, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like they're giggling, they're trying to repress their giggling, but their giggling is clearly coming from a place of like, if not a t- a- attraction, at this point, just like uh, amazement. She was like giving me that look, like, oh, I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm with the, you know, the dancing guy here. But, like, it was like this non—it became this transcendent moment in my—not in my life, unfortunately, but, like, where even the eighth graders, I think, were cheering for me. And then the DJ's like, this is the champion dancer of uh, the dance. They give me a Bruce Springsteen album and have to go up. I think I had to say something or they wanted me to do another dance. And then I remember being—feeling self-conscious then a little bit. But yeah, like I was like I won best dancer of the sixth, seventh and eighth grade dance. And it was because of Jane Tagg, the lady whose bathroom I liked and whose speaker I kicked. But like uh just a weird moment to have like very un uh grammar schoolish, or maybe it's just the way it got recorded in my brain. But but also strange is the fact it was like another moment I like kinda of turned my back on that, like um like I think I like got something about it probably at the time, I was like, "Wow, this was fun, and it was cool. I had fun with my date." I remember now. I'm looking back. I'm like, "Oh, she had this cute look on her face." But I think come Monday, that dancer, I killed him on the weekend. That part, I mean, like I was like, "Okay, let's repress any of these good feelings here." And but I remember listening to the album. I think I tried to like keep a lid on it. I don't want my parents to find out I won the dance contest. I definitely didn't want to get. The, I definitely didn't want to get back to Jane, but a uh, strange moment in my life, I guess. Like, uh, And now in some sense, it's like uh, 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 coming full circle, like sharing the story, but also flushing it out. It's like it really is a treasured memory of mine uh, because all these details that I guess I hadn't processed before, like the look on her face, my buddy Chris's plan to get us dates this guy this other guy who was kind of like a bully uh a friend you know his like uh love of my dancing and his he was so overjoyed that I won this dance contest it was like he was beside himself i guess i look at him back at him I'm like wow i never did become friends with him i think he dated my sister for a short period of time and um i remember going and exploring with his uh, his older brother uh, or dog walking or something. But anyway, um, but yeah, like, uh, that's, so that's how I won a sixth grade dance contest, which, uh, I mean, who wouldn't have known it? I mean, freaking, but yeah, like, so as much as I hate, like, well, I didn't hate taking dance because I guess I did hate it, part of me. Like, with anything you have to do consistently with effort, especially with kids, you know, you're going to dislike. But I mean, like, to think about, like, how, I couldn't have foreseen the payoff of taking tap dance when I was like in third or fourth grade, or maybe even fourth and fifth grade. I don't, I don't, I knew I didn't take it that year. And probably like maybe it would have been two years, but that had implanted this sm, sl, slight rhythm for a Catholic school boy in my brain. Now, I wasn't like that kid in the movies, the boxer dancer, whatever his name is, Billy Madison now. Whatever that kid is, I think Danny Boyle made a movie about him. Um, He was like a boxer dancer. I don't know. But, yeah, so that was my dance contest. That was my dance contest. Sorry we didn't get a story about the dog who wanted to dance. But in some sense, I'm a dog. And, you know, I'm I'm always a dog in myself, like in some senses, like in other people. And I acted like a bit of a, you know, jerk dog. To my dance teacher, Jane. So I'm sorry about that. But then, in some sense, it paid off. Maybe she did hear about it. If you're not, if this is the first time you're hearing the story, Jane, I mean, I'm only assuming you're dead and you could be alive. Uh, but maybe you're still, you know, maybe, thank you for winning me that album. I listened to it a bunch of times. Uh, born in the USA. And it, that was great. Fisher Price record player. It was a record final. And, uh, yeah, I mean, oof, you know, dreams really do come true, even when you don't, like, dreams that you didn't even know would come true because I didn't think I was going to get a date to that dance. Dates weren't even important anyway, but it ended up being important because I had this connection. We were dancing. We were lost, not in, like, an attraction. It was clearly, like, a friend friend zone, me and this, this young woman, young girl. But we were dancing up a storm, and then I find out I won the dance contest and unfortunately um if if there's any a lesson you can take away from your current life is uh don't be afraid to embrace these joyous moments i always like uh turn my back on these joyous moments and and didn't, uh foster them and say oh well maybe i should be uh maybe i should just you know drop out of grammar school and start you know doing dance you know dance offs or Challenging people to dance offs for money, maybe my life would have been different. But I guess, in some sense, I can't turn my back on turning my back because it brought me here to be able to share with you, lovely people, and dull you to sleep. So that's dancing, which is like, a, you know, dr- dancing through your dreams in some sense, slowly. Um, like I was just like, boom, boom, with my feet. And I think uh this young young woman's name was Dana and we were dancing together in the in the move. My buddy Chris and his date whose name I can't think of, I think maybe Kate, maybe not. We were dancing up a storm and having fun and, and I guess he'll never forget this Bill's joy. Uh, it's so rare, well, for someone as cold as me on the inside, which I tend to be and is repressed, of saying, oh, no, no, that dancing joy is not for me. You know, don't get too high. You know, that's too dangerous. Uh, Like his, uh, it's like, how rare is that you can have some joy like that for another person? How much is good does that say about him? Despite beating me up a few times, uh, you know. That, that You know, that's cool, too. So, yeah, that's the dance story, unintentional uh, revelations about your podcaster. So, uh, good night, and I hope you're already asleep. But uh, if not, you know, just feel the rhythm of your own heartbeat, carry you off into dreamland. Good night.